Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. Well, I have a very um, simple thing to tell you today. It seems that one of the most essential things for us as humans is to remember what the true story is. And the true story is God. We need to remember this true story when our life feels sort of numb, uh, uncomplicated. I don't know if, when you experience that, but if you ever do. We certainly need that reminder whenever we are immersed in trauma. Whenever evil seems to surround us. Whenever it seems like everything is being undone. In Romans, Paul tells us this very clear word. He says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. I think another way of hearing patterns of the world is don't be conformed to the stories that the world tells us. Don't be conformed to the, to the ideas and the illusions that the world insists to be the true stories. Much of my early life was immersed in an uncomplicated and uncritical fundamentalism. There were some real gifts in that time. I was given a deep awareness of God. I was given the genuine gift of learning that obeying God really did matter. That God was present and real. And I don't say that lightly, those were true gifts. But one of the downsides was that there was this idea that everything could sort of be wrapped up in this system. There was a lot of absolute dogmatism and there was also a lot of self-righteousness. As I've gotten older though, I've learned that fundamentalism doesn't always have the corner on fundamentalism. There's a conservative fundamentalism, there's a progressive fundamentalism, there's a religious fundamentalism, there's an atheistic fundamentalism. There's probably some kind of fundamentalism for basically every place inside and outside those poles. And I've really been curious just out of my own story, like why is that true? Why do we do this over and over again? Why do we create these patterns of the world? It seems like this is what we do whenever we are really drowning in trouble. This is what we do in a world in which we don't know what to do. We create an ideology. 
is our attempt to assuage our anxiety or to give us some handle on the evil we encounter, some way that we can conquer all that we're certain must be conquered. We create ideas and frameworks and guiding assumptions and we make them absolute. And then we use them to create our coherence, our security, our righteousness. And there's always some truth, and oftentimes there's lots of truth in these frameworks that we construct. That's why it's so attractive. It's why it holds out promise. It's why it works, at least for a while. Because these are the stories we tell ourselves. And Paul says, do not be conformed to these patterns of the world. Do not be conformed to these stories of the world. And that word conformed means to be pressed into a mold. There's a few things I don't really care for. One of them is zucchini. Thank you. And when I was a kid, my mom loved zucchini. Whenever summer rolled around, we'd have lots of zucchini in the house. And she would, you know, she would cut it and fry it and make salads with it and all kinds of stuff. And I, every time, I was like, Mom, I, I don't like zucchini. And finally, she invented this new wonderful thing that she thought of, um, zucchini bread. <laughs> I remember her bringing me this loaf of zucchini bread and saying, you're really going to like this. And I asked, does it have zucchini in it? <laughs> yes, but it's in the shape of bread. Then my mom had all kinds of different um, pans you would bake this kind of bread in. Some of them came from my grandmother. I mean, you'd have like bunt kind of pans, you'd have like cornbread. And then she had this old cast iron thing that it was made initially for cornbread, but each little slot like looked like a little mini corn on the cob. You guys see these? It doesn't matter if it looks like <laughs> strawberry ice cream. <laughs> No matter what shape or form you press it into, it is still zucchini. <laughs> so what's, what's the alternative? And, and here's what I think Paul is telling us. I think Paul is telling us that no matter how good, noble, right, no matter how much even Elements of truth are in any pattern of the world. It is ultimately a pattern of the world, and that is not the same as the kingdom of God. And the patterns of the world, the best they can do, and this is why they always ultimately fail, the very best they can do is try to shape you from the outside. They can try to manage our conduct, they can try to rearrange the elements. But Paul says, don't be conformed to the patterns of the world. Don't be conformed to these stories. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This word transformed is the exact opposite of being conformed. To be conformed means to be pressed in from the outside. To be transformed means for something radically new to happen in the interior. It's why several times over the past few weeks we've talked about 
how as Christians we are always called and we must never surrender the transforming power of love. That is something that can change the heart and the mind. And what Paul is describing is this beautiful word that is a gift to us that has at times been uh, misused and we've been tempted to abandon it, but we do it at our peril. The word is repentance. When Paul talks about the renewing of our mind, he's talking about repentance. It's changing our mind on something. It's a turning of our will. Repentance is our owning how our mental schemes and our ideologies and our visions of the world will always carry within them, even at their best, a fatal flaw. Repentance is the humble recognition that left to ourselves, even at our very best, we are ruined. Repentance is the cry of the desperate heart. I need God. So what do we do? How do we return to this true story? Well, Paul tells us that we worship. Paul tells us that we give our very bodies, our full selves, our mind, our heart, our will to God and we worship. All the competing stories, they all weave a powerful tale, but they will never set us free. They will never carry us home. They will never heal us, but God will. I remember what it felt like at our call to worship on August 13th. And I remember feeling in some sense, how out of touch many might think it would be to call you to worship. To sing a song to God who is over all. To return again to the scriptures that have been read by God's people for millennia. But I can say I stood here with absolute conviction that it was absolutely the right thing to do because God is the true story of the world. Right before Romans chapter 12, the portion that we read today, Paul gives us a doxology. It's language and liturgy for worship. This is what is read just before what we read. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. 
Amen. When we are in our most desperate places of despair, when we are in our most contorted places of confusion, whenever evil threatens to undo us, whenever we absolutely do not know what to do, we hear the words of God, for from God and through God and to God are all things. To this God be the glory forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.